Okay, so I just woke up to a vision, from a vision, and initially, I wanted to pray, and I can't blind beat myself up about it, because there was this prophetic word from this woman that said, you don't need alarm clocks in this season, and I was setting alarm clocks, and God was showing me, like, what are you setting alarm clocks for? I'll wake you up. I always wake you up. And this goes back to when I was getting my GED. Every morning, I would fight to get up and go to school, and I promised God that I would do it if He just helped me. And Every morning I have an alarm clock set, but God will always wake me up right on time. Even three minutes before the alarm and show me that I don't need an alarm clock. Then when the alarm would go off, I would be so annoyed. Like, why do I still have that? But he's waking me up every morning around four or five in the morning to pray. And if you look at Proverbs 31, this is... The definition of a Proverbs 31 woman. She wakes up really early in the morning and she prays. And I haven't been doing that because I've just been, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just going to say what is what I've been doing and why I haven't been doing it. I've just been super stressed about every other detail that I haven't been able to tend to. It seems like these details because I'm having trouble discerning if they are the important details. It's like with everything else surrounding, everything that I'm going through, sometimes the things that are the most important or the most that will make me the most responsible, I am having to, like I'm I'm not, able to get to or I'm feeling like it's not as important or it's like that's what I'm being fought the most on so I feel like I find myself doing everything around it saying I'm going to build up to that point I'm going to get there and it just prolongs it it never can stop it it never can keep it from possibly happening ever but it does prolong it from happening where it could have happened sooner I don't let myself stress out about that because I know that rushing things is not going to, you know, make it no better. Like, I just get so frustrated. I get very frustrated. And all the other work, all the work I'm putting in, it's all these other things, and it feels like, I'm fighting so hard every day. And it's like, then the important thing comes. By the time that comes, I'm so wore down that I'm like, I don't know if it'll work. Well, no, I know it will work. But it's like, I don't feel like fighting as hard for it. If only I could have been able to discern the difference between what's supposed to be fought with all my might and what's supposed to be, you know, I guess, like, a second or third choice, something I could have not fought as hard on. 
whatever, a casualty. And so I kind of get annoyed at the thought like, man, they're really able to get all this hard work out of me for things that aren't even really the most important things. And then I realize, you know, the God that I serve, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that at all. If, of course, this was, and I don't want to make excuses because the thing is, of course, to minimize all the suffering, then it would be best that I just did the different things that God is leading me and guiding me to do. So this distract distraction from everything else is, you know, important. It's important. But it's and it and it helps to minimize the suffering and the torment in this season. But still, still, I'm so confident in God. I'm so confident in Him. Like I don't doubt that it's a reason for that too. I don't doubt it. I love Him so much because I just know when He speaks and when He brings me to this understanding on this is going to make so much sense and I'm going to be like thank you God thank you thank you thank you thank you for being God we need you we need you because if not for you we would swear we had it figured out we would just not know a thing we would be we would be, we would be tripping over ourselves all the time if not for God if not for God if not for God being who he is forever, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If not for God, like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't stress that enough. Like, I love him so much. I'm still at this place where I could just cry because of how good he is all day, every day for the rest of my life. He's amazing. He's wonderful. And... If not for him, oh my goodness. If not for God. And you know what? The old me would be seeing all that I'm going through, all that I suffer through, and all that I am dealing with. And I would be like, you're thanking God? Look, and you're going to have to keep going through it. It's not even over yet. Who knows what else you're going to have to go through. And you're thanking him. You're grateful. I would have thought something was like, I would have thought I didn't know my worth. I would have thought that I had lost my mind thinking like, you deserve better than that. No, you deserve more. You deserve this. You deserve that. But I won't even hear that anymore. I won't even hear it when people get to talking like that. I just, I just, I block them out. I don't even hear it no more, really. Now, something that somebody had said to me a bunch of different times was ignore, 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 ignore. And every single time they told me to ignore, I was like, wait, hold on. Okay, so, excuse me, you clearly don't see everything that's going on. You can't see everything that's going on. You can't see everything that's going on because, of course, then you would know that I am ignoring so much. I am ignoring 
everything that needs to be ignored. Anything that I am addressing, I don't want to say everything, but yeah, everything, almost everything I'm addressing is not to be ignored. Because either one, I have to go through it in order to learn how to overcome it so that it's no longer a factor, not even a thought in my mind, or not even a setback or a hindrance anymore to where I'm growing. Or, of course, I need to somehow make it work is to help others it's it's a learning experience so i understand that it's probably not good or better that I wake up and do other things and not jump to my knees first and pray to God like I usually do. He's told me that over the years. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning is pray. But he's also shown me lately that every time I open my eyes, I'm praying. Every time. And I'm trying to get it to a point where I'm never not praying. And I think I'm kind of almost there. Or quite there. Where I'm never not praying. My mind is always in a constant state of prayer. No matter what I'm doing. No matter what it looks like. And whenever I am not praying. It's usually when I feel guilty about something that I'm doing. Like when I should be fasting and I'm eating. Or I shouldn't be drinking and I'm drinking. I shouldn't be smoking and I'm smoking. And even now I'm learning. Even then to still incorporate God into all of that because how else do I expect to come out of it? How else do I expect to be better? How else do I expect to one day get to a point where I don't have to feel guilty because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do? So I'm incorporating him even in my sin and even when I'm wrong because you have to. You have to. If you say every time I sin and every time I'm wrong, I'm just going to run away from God and hide, then you'll never come out of the darkness because the enemy knows how to get you away from him and keep you away from him. So you take them with you. And even if the guilt kills you, eventually it'll help you to get better. And you'll feel more motivated to do what you're supposed to do. Not only that, of course, God is God. So he's going to be pulling you out of that in the process anyways. But yes, the guilt convicts you. And there's a scripture that says, if someone curse your name, do not. Do anything. Eat with them. Feed them. Serve them. Because in doing so, you're heaping coals on their head. Hot coals on their head. And for a while, I misinterpreted that. For a small, shorter period of time, I misinterpreted that. I said, God is heaping hot coals on your head every single time I serve you and you're doing me wrong. And you're backbiting. And you are... You know, backstabbing me. I'm heaping hot coals on your head. And it's not that I would serve them because of it. I would have served them anyways. But it's just, I would be thinking that. And it's like, then I got a translation of scripture. Every single time I did it like that, God convicted me. And I got a better understanding of the scripture. What it means is the guilt convicts them. When people do you bad and people, you know, backbite treat you all kinds of ways 
and leave you for dead. When you serve them anyways, and you pray for them anyways, and you forgive them anyways, eventually that guilt convicts them. They are thinking to themselves, even when they don't want to admit it, a lot of people, it takes it takes them everything just to admit they're wrong. The guilt will keep them from admitting they're wrong. But even when it, admit, it, it kills them that much, they know in their heart, and God knows their heart, that they're wrong. I shouldn't be doing you like this. I shouldn't be, you know, letting this happen to you. Now, there are different individuals who I've experienced in my life that I realize the guilt, it will make them go so much further. It won't instead pull them out of it. It'll make them go so much further. So when I think about that, I'm like, I'm a little nervous because I'm like, well, wait. A lot of times the guilt makes people go the opposite direction faster. Not, it doesn't make them repent. It doesn't make them feel bad and start treating you better. It makes them go the opposite direction faster. And I can't say that my mind automatically goes to a place where, well, that is their punishment then. They're suffering because to think like that was not the godly way to think. You're not supposed to want people to suffer. So, therefore, you're not supposed to even consider things like, okay, well, then that's what you get. No. If anything, you're supposed to be hoping that it helps them and change them and makes them go in the right direction. Hoping that they can find peace, salvation, you know, love in God like you. Because at one point you were just like them. And God saved you. And so when you're when you're hoping that because of what they did to you, they get punishment for it, you're not considering all that God forgave you for. Forgive to be forgiven. You know, you're not you're not really better than them. They make their decisions and they make their they made their choices and it feels like you wouldn't have done that or you're not like that. And you're not better. All sin is equal. It is equal. Even though it feels like, wait, but there's different consequences for a murderer as opposed to a common thief. There's different consequences to, you know, some sort of predator as opposed to a liar. But it's all the same. And when you realize that the only thing keeping you from actually committing a lot of these actions or becoming that individual is God, then you start to understand that. You have to know that, though. Because a lot of people believe, no, I'm just not that kind of person. I just would never think of doing nothing like that. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. You don't know what this world out here has for you. You have no idea. You don't know what can happen. It can all happen in a split second. I'm not trying to make or justify anybody's actions because I know it sounds like that. But that's how people feel when they're convicted. When you convict them and you tell them, you are no better than a murderer. You are no better than a predator. Just because you lie 
you think, oh, I just lie a little bit. I'm, I, I'm not that. No, you're that. Promise you. Because what you don't understand is God's keeping you from going further. God's keeping you from committing all the sin. You committed one sin, you can commit it all. You can do it all. You have no idea where some people have started. And you might say, no, that's just in them. And maybe you are right from your perspective or for however you see it, I guess. And even more, maybe you're right, but you're wrong. That can't be you. And when you realize that in real life, you know, when you don't have anybody around you convicting you or shaming you or even you feel like it's going to notice, nobody knows, but God knows all that you've done and all that you are, then you truly realize you're not better than the next person. You might be worse, no matter how innocent or saintly you look. That's also something that God helped me to realize, and ever since, I feel that I've been transformed. Because I think one of my biggest things in life was saying to myself, and I'm not that bad. I'm not that kind of person. I wouldn't do that, though. I can't believe somebody would do this. I can't believe somebody would do that. And God said right to my face, you don't have no idea where you land compared to somebody else. You are filthy. And you deserve hell. So, I don't want to hear about nobody else. This about you. And that's just something that, you know, I think I think it's also important. It came up a few days ago, maybe like almost a week. I don't know, but it was this comedian, Lil Duvall. He said, "When I was younger, a crackhead said to me, don't you worry about my sins because God ain't gonna ask you about mine.'" And I feel like that was. Something that God wanted me to see, to see that, you know, just a reminder that of what he said to me, a reminder of how important it is what he said to me. But that can transform lives when people realize you're nobody to judge. You're nobody to judge. I think that's all we need, really, because if we all start thinking like that, I'm not better than you. Nobody's better than nobody. I swear that would make the biggest difference. Even though we have a ways to go, we have other things that we need to be figuring out and doing. That is the biggest first thing that needs to happen. And Jesus said it a bunch of different times. Jesus said, do not judge. He's the only one who is capable of judging because he is perfect and sinless. Excuse me, in the Son of God, and He does not judge. So, who are you? That's our biggest issue. I swear it solves so many different problems. The problem of, you know, feeling like you're better than somebody that it, it, it leads you to, you know, cast other people out and make them feel different or wrong or less than. Which, you know, leads to the different levels or statuses that we we put on ourselves. 
it leads to a lot of crime because a lot of people feel like they are in the right to convict someone else and go do something to somebody for what they did as if they are not super wrong in their own lives. It would cut out a lot of crime. It would cut out a lot of these social statuses that make people act out and do different things in order to fit in instead of being comfortable with being who they are because we need exactly who you are in this world. We don't need another this person. God made one of them, not two. So we need one of you. It would cut out a lot of this being able, a lot of these people being able to control in such such big groups. Because they would stop feeling like, I have to be this kind of person. I have to be, you know, they would stop feeling like they are convicted for their differences. When they're supposed to be celebrated. Judgment will really cut out a lot of the issues we have here in this world. Really. But, yeah, we still feel like we're in a position to judge others. This goes deep, and God wanted me to talk about this. Judgment goes as deep as having an opinion on anything. You're not supposed to have an opinion on anything. You might sound like, that sounds crazy. That's impossible. Having an opinion makes me who I am. That's what makes me different. No, it doesn't. You're still different without your opinion. You are still exactly who you're destined to be without your opinion. You don't need an opinion, only facts. If it's not a fact, you're not supposed to have an opinion. That's judgment. Every single time we think, oh, this looks better than that. Or I think this should go this way. I, you know, I feel like that should be this way or that should be that way. Your judging is extremely hard, I promise. I've tried it. I'm still not there yet. But I have been in a place where I couldn't even form an opinion on anything, and that was okay with God. The only thing okay with God. But he accepts us and he loves us anyways. Now imagine, your whole life you've been forming opinions. You thought that it made you who you were. Ever since you were a child, you start to form opinions on different things and you start to pick and choose what you like and what you did not like. And you thought it was who you were. It feels like it's impossible not to be able to form one, but I promise you it's possible. It's just not somehow satisfying to us. We want to be able to judge. We want to be able to form opinions because we feel like we can't. But we can't. And... Just a quick glimpse on what not forming an opinion looks like. It looks like being 100% obedient to God at all times. Promise you. When you don't have an opinion, you're as close. You're closer to God than I think you even know. You'll ever know. So a lot of people, I think that's something that we could practice. It's probably not going to happen immediately. You're going to need God's help. Promise you. Because it's in everything that you do. It's in the way you look at things. It's in the way that you do things. Everything that you do. Everything is an opinion. How you hear things. We have opinions. So I fight it. I fought it for so long. But I found myself not being able to think most of the time. But I can't even, you know, count how many times I pray to God and ask him to stop my mind from thinking so much and that's the solution that was the answer to a prayer 
Stop having an opinion. If you don't have an opinion, you won't think so much. And I swore that, you know, my overthinking was permanent and impossible to cure. And he showed me that not having an opinion is really the cure. And the thing is, you be thinking like, but a lot of the things I think, it's not even necessarily an opinion. It's like random stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with something I want or something I've even ever done in my life. It was just a thought. It's still, you had an opinion on it. You still had an opinion to even think that in, in the from the jump. And this goes back to when I talked about this in a previous episode. Some people say there's some things I would never even think about. How do you even think of something like that? Because they have an opinion on it. So you can't say, I never would even think of something like that and not also admit that the things that you think about have to do with your opinion and the things that you find interesting or just characteristic of you. So... It's frustrating. It's frustrating because I remember being at that point where I could not form an opinion and it felt like, it felt so suffocating to me because it's also not just you. Little do you know, it's it's Satan. Yeah, you probably picked up on that already. By this point, but Satan puts thoughts in your mind. He puts thoughts in your mind. And there is a demon on you that keeps you thinking these thoughts. Little do you know. And a lot of people might feel like, nope, that's not true. But I've also noticed something that God has shown me. When I got to a certain level and a certain point with him, him, it didn't matter who or what was, who knew him, who was with him who was anointed by him, they just simply could not go. They simply were not there. Is that to say that they won't ever be there? I can't say. I would just say they was not there. They did not understand. And that's the anointing I have in my life, but that does not mean that I don't believe that we can't all be at that place. I believe that actually that is the goal us to all be at that place so if God is you know making me a trailblazer then I guess that I'm a trailblazer because I never for one second even being in that place and nobody being there ever thought to myself you just will never be here and you just can't you know go it took a while for me to come out of the mindset that they cannot go I, I find myself walking over there and I'm like come on and then I get over there, and it's like, where are you at? Where they go? I have to go back to where they are, and I go back over there. They're not there again. Go back, go back over there. They're not there again. They can't go. They're not there. And it's like, this is not a slight to anybody because, you know, then I started figuring out I can fight to get them there. I can fight to get them there. And as long as I'm patient like God is and has been with me, then it's only a matter of time for they get there too. And so that's what I'm doing. 
I'm doing that because what is the point of getting all this knowledge and what is the point of being blessed with this, you know, access to this kind of information and to this lifestyle. If you can't bring other people with you, if you can't help other people get to that point, if you're going to be the only one there, it's like, okay, that's cool. I thought about this recently and I said to myself, was it because I was lonely that I wanted other people there? And to be quite honest, yeah, it is lonely, but that ain't why. That's not why. The reason why is because when God blesses you with such with knowledge like this, when God blesses you with things like this, that is so wonderful and it's so mind-blowing and it's so eye-opening and it's so life-changing, you have to share it with others. That's the point of him showing you. He wants you to share it with others. He wants them there too. You think he brought you there just for it to only be you? Like it's all this space and all this knowledge just for you, right? No, he wants you to tell other people. The Bible says that if you know and you do not tell your brother, the blood is on your hands. But if you tell your brother and they they choose not to walk down that path or they choose not to want that information, then your hands are clean. So I have an obligation to get you there. Or your blood is on my hands, quite literally. So I know that God brought me here to this place in order to help other people get there. And I believe we all can be there. And I've never been the kind of person that felt like, why would I tell you? If I tell you, you know, you won't have to go through all that I've gone through or learn all that I've learned in the process in order to get there. When it's like, I could just help you. I could teach you. I've never been the type of person who felt like I can't, you know, I can't help you get to where I've gotten because somehow it's a threat to where I am or where I stand. Even if you do get it better, even if you do do it better, even if you do find new wonderful ways of doing it or distributing this information or being that kind of person, that's a blessing to me. You're helping me get better. You're helping other people get better. And that's the goal. The goal is not to harbor this information and sit on it so tight that you're saying to yourself, I don't want anybody else to come and take my spot or do it better than I've done it or even learn all that I've learned. I've blood, sweat, and tears over this information. And so they're going to have to figure it out for themselves. What's up? What is that? You cry. You sacrifice blood, sweat, and tears over that information, which, of course, is God's blood, God, God's sweat, and God's tears over that information so that you can help somebody else get there sooner, faster, better without having to go through all that you're going through to get there. Why would you allow your work to be in vain? But I guess you don't feel like it's in vain because it's just for you. And that's the issue. We got to help each other. It's the point. When When we keep allowing ourselves to go through the same thing, when we keep allowing our brothers and sisters to go through the same thing we've learned in the process, having people have to start from the jump when they can start from where you left off because you are too bitter about all you have to go through to get there. We're not all progressing. And imagine what you wouldn't have had to go through if somebody before you did that for you. And I feel like that's a true glass half full type of mindset. 
Some people see it differently. Glass half empty, glass half full. Glass half empty is, nah, I'm not helping nobody. I got here, I did it, and I'm winning. And I never tell you how I done it. I'll never, t- I'll never show you the way. You're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to fall as many times as I fail. Hopefully, you fall more until you get here. Or if you're being a little nice, maybe you'll fall a little less. Glass half full is, as soon as I get this information, I'm going to divulge it to any and everybody who needs it. As soon as I get to this place, I'm helping each and every single last individual get here as much as I possibly can, of course, because I'm not, you know, I may not be able to help everybody, but I'm going to help whoever I can get here. That's glass half full. Why? Because you're thinking about the opportunity to fill the cup. The opportunity to fill the cup is to fill up this place, is to get everybody there. And when everybody's there, everybody's mind's working. Now we're finding a million different opportunities and ways and lanes that we all could be in in order for us to better something that makes us all better. Now we're all growing as a world, as a community, instead of just one person being at the top looking down. Now imagine that. Imagine if the world started growing at a rapid pace and we all start becoming better together. Instead, of course, people having to continue on the same path over and over and over again when somebody already learned the solution of how to get through that. They just didn't, they just kept it from everybody. We all in this together, whether we like it or not, we really are. So a lot of people have the mindset like, nah, came in this world alone, die in this world alone. But you didn't come in this world alone. You didn't come in this world alone and you don't die alone. And I know a lot of people don't believe that. Like, I go in that grave six feet under by myself. You already dead by the end. You didn't die alone. So the thing is, I feel like, you know, that's really all God is about. All God is about is helping your brother, helping your sister, being considerate of your brother and considerate of your sister when you do things or when you think things. That alone could change the world, really. I feel like it's we're not even that far from that. Like I don't know if that's just my naive mindset, but I don't feel that I'm so naive anymore, especially after what I've experienced and gone through. I just think that we're really not too far from really wanting to help each other. It's just the fear of, you know, somehow not making it to where you want to be because of somebody else or something. I don't know. Even still deep inside of me, I still have this feeling like, now if I fall off or quit or give up and I never make it to my dream, and somebody picks up where I left off and they get my dream and they get everything I ever wanted after all my hard work, you know, using all my hard work, I would feel some kind of way. Like, let's say you lost $20 and somebody used that $20 to become a millionaire. You feel some type of way. So it's difficult, but you should be happy for somebody. You should be happy that somebody made it at all because then they paved the way for others to make it. And somebody paved the way for you to get to where you are. Hopefully, 
even if you had to do it all on your own, still God paved the way for you. We have to consider those things. So I think the biggest battle I faced throughout this whole process that's really probably the most traumatizing, but it's something I heard a million times before I even got in this position, so I shouldn't have been surprised. And I don't think that I was, but it still hurt. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing for you to not be surprised or shocked at what's happening, but it still hurts like you are. Like, but the biggest thing is that you only got God. Nobody else wants to help you. Nobody else cares about you. Nobody else is for you. It's affecting my decision still. Because even though I knew that my whole life, still, I know it on a different level now. And I'm fighting to not have that affect my decisions moving forward in the future. Feeling like I have nobody everywhere I turn. And like, what am I going to do when I have to consider that everything that I do, I have to consider I don't have nobody. It's just me. I got to do this. It's just me and God. That's it. I only have God. So it keeps you from fully being able to, like, team up with somebody else to get something else done. Because you think to yourself, I, I can ne- I'll never have, I'll never be able to trust you. You'll never fully be for me. These different things... think it's like the hardest part not the hardest part but one of the hardest things to deal with and and to accept but God is showing me that the only way through this situation is of course to trust again which it's not so hard with him I know I can trust with him because like after they done all that they've done, I have God. I'm always going to make it through. I can trust you, and you can backstab me again, and I know that I'll make it through whatever you do. I'll be okay. I trust that. I know that. But I think it's more getting over what happened then because God wants me to forgive and forget like he did. He wants me to move forward like it never happened. And I want to move forward thinking, you know, I can't pretend as if it never happened because it taught me all that I know now. It made me who I am now. How can I pretend that it never happened when it's, you know, contribute to my growth? So I'm at a crossroad where it's like I want to take this information with me because it helps me to understand what kind of world I'm living in and how I'm able to, you know, it helps me. It it not helps me, but it's transformed me into who I am now. So how do I let go of what happened and all these things I had to go through and learn from without, of course, letting go of what I've learned? It's necessary, but it can happen. It's possible. So I think I'm working on that right now. I'm working on that right now. I'm working on not letting go of what I've learned, but letting go of what it took to learn it. If, of course, what it took to learn it is hindering my trust for others, my trust in others, and the way I view the world, if it's distorting it, if it's keeping me from embracing or loving my brother or sister more because of it. So, I have a ways to go. 
I clearly have a ways to go, but I'm, I trust that with God, I'm always going to be okay. Again, I know that if I ever have to go through these things ever again, I'll make it out because I did. But who's eager to go and be hurt again? Nobody's eager to be hurt again, but I have to just not be thinking of it like that. So this vision that I had, it was... I think more like a placebo vision where it was just set there in place in order to get me to realize and figure different things out that I'm already, I already have the information to. I already have, you know, the ability. And I've been dealing with that a lot. In the beginning of my journey, God said placebo. Remember, we learned about placebos. Placebo is something put in place in order to insinuate or get you to assume that it's helping or actually doing something that it's not doing. It's really nothing. So if I handed you some lipstick and I told you this lipstick makes your lips big and plump and moisturized and the lipstick don't do nothing for you. It just put color on your lips. You still... Wear the lipstick thinking my lips are my lips are bigger and plumper, plump more plump and they're more moisturized. And it's not. That's what this is. That's what a lot of these situations I'm going through. The situation is placed there to make me feel like, oh my gosh, you're growing. You're learning. You are being transformed by this. And it's like I am being transformed by God, but this vision is not doing that. These things are not doing that. What they're doing, what what the truth is, is that they're doing nothing. They're just here. And in reality, everything that I need or that I'm learning has already been placed inside of me. I'm just, you know, these things are like placebos placed in order to make me believe that I have it in order for me to discover it already inside of myself. That's what a lot of things we're going through in this world is. And money is placebo. Status is a placebo. Appearance is all a placebo. We spend too much time on placebos, actually. Believing that they're changing or doing something different for us. But in reality, all it does is make you discover something already inside of yourself. If you had a lot of money in the world, it could never fill a gap in your soul. Because... It's a placebo. If you have money and somehow you feel fulfilled, you just discover something inside of yourself that was already there. You, it took the money to get you to see it like that, to get you to see your worth. But it's still just a placebo because with or without that money, you're the same individual. Then some people, they get all the money in the world and they're still so unhappy. Because money is a placebo. Money cannot help you. Money cannot make you happy. Money cannot change anything inside of your soul. It's just a placebo. It's just placed there to make you believe that it changed something when it didn't. And we worship placebos. We worship nothing. That's the point. God is everything. With or without anything that you have, you are still who you are. So imagine that. 
imagine us living in a world of worshiping nothing, worshiping placebos, worshiping stand-ins. When God is the only one worthy to be praised, he's the only one who can truly transform or change anything inside of your soul. Don't overlook him for a placebo. Like, in reality, what would you want? Would you want a product that actually helps or actually does whatever it is that you're looking for it to do? Not that God is a product, but just for example. Would you want a product that actually does or helps to do whatever it says it's going to do? Or would you want a product that just look like it does and it actually doesn't? I would say that's still a mindset because if you want the product that actually looks like it does, but it actually doesn't, are you confident in yourself that you already know that whatever it is you need to be done, you just need to realize that it's already done inside of yourself if you just have faith? Or do you really truly believe that something that does nothing is doing something? Because that might be stupidity. I don't know. But me, either way it go, I'm still going to want the product that actually does what it says it's going to do. Because either way it go, I can discover inside of myself who I am with God. With God, I'm always going to be able to discover inside of myself everything that I need in this world. Everything that is necessary to have. And I do, I like the idea of a placebo. Because it's like... At the end of everything, you find out, oh, this was doing nothing the whole time. And it boosts your morale. And it boosts up who you are inside because you say to yourself, I never needed it. I was always who I was going to be regardless. But that's somebody who has confidence in who they are. Because if you can take something away from somebody and they feel like nothing and they feel like they've done nothing and they feel like they have accomplished nothing, that's devastating. That's when a placebo, either way it go, you're being, it reveals who you truly are deep inside. So, I always let the idea that somebody giving you nothing make you feel like it's something. Then all of a sudden you start changing and acting different and you feel so great. But that was who you were all along. As opposed to somebody giving you something and you realize immediately, this is nothing. It does nothing. What type of person are you by then? It's interesting, but it doesn't make anybody better than anybody. But that being said, I'm about to spend some time with God and pray. Place on my heart. Even though this vision, like I said, was a placebo and I don't really know what it was set to accomplish but I'm still having these visions so they're necessary